Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. This is our first recording that we're doing for 2022. Trace, welcome back. So lovely to be back, but I got to say, also very lovely to have a bit of a break over the sort of Christmas New Year period. So yeah, good to be here. What'd you get up to? Well, you know, I had a little forced holiday at home for seven days as being a close contact for COVID. So I got stuck into some jobs around the house that have been like, I've mentally renovated this little old desk that used to belong to my grandma. I've mentally done it quite some time. So I actually, uh, I did it. I sanded it all back and it was really lovely. And then I I got so excited that I kept going and did a chest of drawers. But I got to say, that was a bit of a bigger project and not quite as much fun as I thought it was going to be. How about yourself? I got out and did a fair bit of uh, hiking and a little bit of bike riding and those sorts of things. And I got down to the beach a, a hell of a lot of times. We've had some amazing weather this summer in, in Melbourne. So been pretty lucky there. Also thought I'd had COVID about seven times. Didn't have it luckily, but it had a a lot of cotton buds shoved up my nose, whatever those things are, those swabs over that period. So it's been pretty wild. So good to be back. I've missed doing this. I've missed doing these podcasts. Hey, some really cool news though did come in in the time that we were off and we actually hit a thousand downloads uh, over the Christmas period. So thanks to everybody that's still uh, listening into the podcast. In fact, we're getting more and more people all the time, which is pretty cool. And we've got people from all over the world listening in. I mean, most of our listeners are from Australia, but we've got a bunch of people in the US and Germany and and all over different parts of Europe and Singapore and all sorts of things. So pretty cool stuff. So yeah, thanks for everybody for helping us to get to that milestone. And obviously, you know, there's some of the stuff we're talking about seems to be uh, resonating with people. So that's, that's good news. Anyways, today, what are we going to talk about? So today we're going to talk about, I guess, like really when's the right time for innovation? Because, you know, sometimes you hear that like innovation's great, but we're really busy or, you know, innovation's great. And, you know, once we've got X, Y, Z and everything else done, then we're going to start looking at innovation, you know, right through to people who are like, well, actually you need to be innovating all the time. So, you know, where's the right place on that sort of continuum and what are the sort of things that you need to consider and look for? Yeah. Like you said, this is a topic that we do hear a lot and that's why we thought we'd do an episode on it. The thing is, it is like anything situational, but let's talk about some of those situations to try and make it a little bit helpful for people. Sure. It's also something I think that you and I have some pretty strong opinions on as well. So, you know, it could get a little ranty at times and I think I think that's kind of fun. You set it up for the, <laughs> now that we there's pressure on us to actually get a bit ranty. <laughs> I'm still a bit chilled after the holidays, so <laughs> don't know about that, but uh, we'll see how we go. You could probably press my buttons. All right, let's talk about innovation in general. If we really think about what innovation is, it's about getting better. So I think when I hear people, this this might be the start of a rant, when I hear people talking about, oh, you know, we're too busy to innovate, we hear that a lot. We hear that people are sort of so caught up in their day-to-day that they're saying, oh, we're just too busy to innovate. And what you're kind of really saying there is, I'm too busy to make things better. And when you really put it like that, There probably aren't many times where we kind of have to say, well, we're just going to make a decision to not try and improve at all. I think as any type of an organization, we always need to be 
getting better and improving things for our clients and the people that work with us and all those sorts of things. Because if we don't, then whilst the world is changing around us, we're just falling foot further and further behind. So I think in that very broad situation, it's really important to understand that we can't be the victims of our circumstances. And I totally get there are circumstances, like for example, when there's a, a, you know, if you're working in health and there's a huge spike in COVID admissions or something like that into your uh, organization or something like that, I understand there's like certain situations where this does make it harder. But when the day to day is just constantly consuming you and it's just your standard business as usual is always consuming you, you got to really step back as a senior leader in the organization and go, this is not sustainable. There's always going to be things that need to be done. That's just the reality of any organization. You know, we've worked across this, you know, lots of organizations this, this sector. We've worked in the commercial sector, all sorts of spaces. Everybody can say that there's enough stuff to do on a day-to-day basis to keep everyone busy, right? So you need to think of innovation as if this thing is truly important and you believe in it, how do you make time? for creativity and make time for innovation? How do you protect that time knowing that it's that important that if you can protect it to make sure it happens, that means you'll always have an element of your organization that's getting better. And it's not about needing to be half the week or something like that. It's just about making sure that every single week or every single month or whatever that period is, that you are dedicating some time to it and protecting that time that you do have that built into you know, the way that you work, that you can do it in a way that is sustainable and it's, it's still going to allow you to run the day-to-day of your operations and, and all the other bits and pieces, but at the same time, not leave getting better to chance. I think you're right. It is about creating those routines that you can build into the way that you work so that it becomes part of your DNA. You know, it's how you work and then not taking that time for, you know, continuous improvement and innovation and creativity. It's only not done when there's an emergency. You know, obviously if the building's on fire, everyone's going to get out first. But if it's business as usual and it just happens to be that, you know, it's it's a busy week that you don't then go, oh, well, let's, let's take that time and, you know, release the pressure by not doing that. Because those innovations and the ways that you improve the way that you work actually in the longer term frees up more time as well. So it's that sort of short-term pain for the long-term gain and it can be really tempting to say, well, let's not do that, you know, because we're busy, but over a period of time that catches up with you. It's like, well, I'm too busy chopping down trees to take some some time out to sharpen the axe, whereas you know that if you always take that time, then that does lead to benefits further down the track. You know I love a good analogy, Tracy. That was a very good one. I like that one. <laughs> Oh, I'm full of them today. Yeah. I know you've got another one up your sleeve too. We spoke about pride, so I'm looking forward to you unleashing that one on our guests. So, yeah, that's a really good point. The other way to look at it is too is that the innovations that you're looking at and the problems you're looking to solve may actually also be the thing that's keeping you busy. Do you keep putting out spot fires or do you go and solve the problem? There's also that way of looking at it too. Innovation can be solving just very practical problems. You know, it's not always about creating something brand new for an unmet need it could just be a huge problem that you're that already exists and that's creating a hell of a lot of rework and maybe that's if you are in a situation where you don't feel you've got the time for innovation that maybe that's where you start is solving some of those first problems that are creating a lot of problems and extra strain on your workforce could be a place that would actually get you even more time to spend on some of those other projects after 
The other thing I, I want to introduce at this point also is we talk a lot about person-centred innovation, you know, about collaboration and making sure that you're including the people that you support in your innovation and in your, your continuous improvement sort of initiatives. So again, I think there's that tendency to say, well, what we'll do is we'll start and we'll get people across our organisation who are really good and when we'll solve these problems and then when we've got some time, then we'll start collaborating and then we'll start including the people that we support in our sort of problem solving and and our innovations from that point. So I think that's a little bit like this same thing, isn't it? Like Because if you're creating solutions that don't actually solve the problem, you might feel like you're saving time, but in the long run, you could actually be making the problem worse rather than making the problem better. One that we hear a lot too is organizations that are like, we're not in the right space to innovate at the moment. Like we've got too many problems with our organization to even think about innovation. Like the ship is sinking right now. What are your thoughts on that? Again, this is that analogy that we were talking about before. You know, you're on a boat and it starts filling up with water. You know, are you going to say, oh, let's run a workshop and invite some people in and see the best way to get the water out? No, you're going to actually start scooping water out. But if in two months' time you're not actually going anywhere and you're still scooping water out of the boat, at some point you have to say, well, you know what, let's actually find out why the water's coming in here and and fix that problem. So it is situational. There are some business priorities that have to take precedence over everything, you know, when you're talking about employee safety or, or client safety or the financial sort of security of the business. Like there are things that are genuine problems that actually do need to be prioritized above everything else. But again, you want to make sure that that's not just how you work, you know, that you're always prioritizing something else, that you're really getting that balance right. I totally understand the fact that, you know, businesses like anything go through different phases of sometimes they're growing, sometimes they're actually needing to shrink in a way and sort of actually be a bit more conservative in their approach. Totally get that understanding too. There are some times where, you know, we've you know worked with certain CEOs and we've actually got a great guest that we've got lined up in a few weeks time to talk to us about this exact situation where their organization wasn't going to exist if this CEO didn't make some changes to the amount of services and how they do their service delivery and all that. And they really had to think of that from a conservative type view to get that right. But then once they've got that right, now they're in a really good situation to then go, right, how do we really make sure now that we innovate to be able to then make that as best that we possibly can? We get that that's not an absolute thing of you should always be innovating. But I guess our real point here is, is that to just sort of leave it to chance or make that maybe unconscious decision not to do it is not a good idea because in the long term, it is probably affecting you in filling your organization up with problems and issues that are also contributing to why you're so busy. Bit of a chicken and an egg type situation. I hope that made sense. Yeah. Are you looking for innovative ways for your organization to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customized report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. The other thing that we also hear is that our people aren't ready. You know, we don't have innovative people. We're not very creative. We, we kind of need to fix everybody in the organization before we can start being innovative or before we can start introducing any sort of innovation opportunities. So what's your sort of thoughts around that? 
So I guess it depends on the angle of what they're taking with it. If they're sort of saying, you know, our people don't have the capability to do it. And so, you know, we've seen this a lot lately in the Royal Commissions and a lot of organisations not having the capability to run, for example, co-design initiatives, but yet they're out there ticking the box to run co-design initiatives and sometimes it's doing more harm than it is doing good. So I think what can you do is what I would be thinking of. What can you do right now to get your people ready? So maybe it is about getting them through some training. Maybe it is about training a certain group. Maybe it's about saying maybe the whole organization doesn't need to be involved at the start. Maybe there's a team that you know does have the capability and you could give them some time to be able to get out there and sort of kick off some projects for you. So you've got to think about what you can do, not just sort of, I guess, the same method. So the same message that I'm sort of pushing through this is it's about not saying, well, let's leave it to chance or let's make a decision not to do it. I think it's about, yeah, what can we do? Yeah, and it's about like let's not wait for the perfect time because let's be honest, as you said before, that time doesn't exist. We're always going to be busy. In This sector is always going to be very finely balanced in terms of its resourcing. You know, you, you want to have as many people delivering services and delivering experiences to clients that make an impact. You want to maximise that. So you never want to waste time. But I guess our point is that this actually isn't wasting time. This is a facilitator to be able to achieve maximum impact, not something that's a distraction from achieving maximum impact. I think sometimes the difficulty there is when we talk about, you know, innovations and we talk about innovative people, you know, often it comes down to things that are, you know, leading edge technology or, you know, rockets to Mars and things like that. But that's not actually what innovation is. It is innovative, but that's not all that innovation is. That's not all that innovation can be either. Yeah, it's when people start looking at it as a nice to have. You know, they, they're thinking of innovation as like some fluffy moonshot type thing, you know, and it's not about that. What we're talking about is making your organizations better. That's what it's about. So it is part of BAU. It's not part of the service that you're delivering right now, but it's part of the better service you're going to deliver next week and beyond when you fix it. <laughs> so it is about your core business. It is a necessity. Organizations that aren't doing it, it does catch up with them. I feel like there's another analogy in here with you know something. I'm still a little bit in holiday mode to think of one off the top of my head. Maybe you've got a good one, Chase. But you know, well, you know, we're going to go back to the sinking boat analogy. Like you will get tired after a while for two months of <laughs> bailing water out if you don't fix where the, the leak's coming from. There we go. So there is a cost of that inaction. In one of our workshops that we do with people we talk to them a lot about the cost of inaction and it's a real eye-opener for a lot of CEOs and senior leaders because sometimes we kind of think just by doing what we're doing and those metrics that are always in front of our face, if we're just sort of like meeting those service levels and trying to get that sort of stuff happening, we sometimes forget about that cost of inaction. And we often, when we ask them these questions, like, well, what happens if you don't actually start innovating and involving your clients and people with lived experience in your service design and those sorts of things? Where could you be? And I'm telling you right now, we've done this with a lot of senior leaders across all different types of organizations and the answers they give us, they're pretty grim. The organization is not going to be in a good spot in three to five years when they talk about, and, and I'll be honest, like the thing that probably comes up a lot is they actually say, we may no longer be around if we don't do this. Like that's the cost that is sitting there without them thinking about it. And I'll tell you right, right now, after that workshop, a lot of people will work out and go, right, we're going to go do this now. Like we, we are going to make the time and we are going to go do it. But 
maybe for those listeners that are listening along is to think about what's the cost of inaction for your organization? Like it's easy to see the cost of not meeting the business as usual activity because it's really in front of your face and there's a lot of really early sort of lead indicators that sort of go, oh, hang on a minute, there's there's a problem here. You get complaints coming through and those sorts of things. But maybe challenge yourself and your team to think about what are the costs to our organization in a couple of years' time if we don't actually take this time to innovate? Yeah, that might just be that way of thinking that makes you start to prioritize that, that, that little bit more and, and maybe get that funding or whatever it is that you do need to be able to get that off the ground. It could just be that thing that helps you get that across the line with the rest of your team and your board. So, There's actually two things that come out of that that I wanted to talk about further with you. One of them was, yes, I agree. Actually sit down and spend some time thinking about the cost of inaction. But one of the other things that we do in that workshop that's also really powerful is think about the cost of inaction to the people that you support. Like what's the impact of that inaction on your clients? You know, what does that look like for them if the contribution that you're making to their lives is diminished in that way? Because I think that's also very powerful. And that was kind of leading me on to my next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which is what do you do if you're a CEO and you have a really conservative board that aren't on board with innovation? So how do you encourage them to move past that? And I think you kind of already started to give some some answer in terms of that getting people present to the cost of inaction, because I think it's easy to not think about that. And you're right, you know, when you talk about innovation, sometimes there's a cost to innovating. So it looks like, well, you know, we spend that money or we save that money, whereas often and it's it's not actually that it's we spend this small amount of money now to get on the front foot or you know there's this significant cost looming into the future but what else can people do to help build innovation culture within their organization yeah well like you said i think it is about them understanding the cost if we don't do anything there's still a cost <laughs> so yeah bringing that to the the forefront but i also think you know we're, we're talking very broad at the moment in terms of innovation as a broad term The thing that we always encourage people to focus on is solving the problems and and what are those stories around the status quo currently that need to change that we can bring to the board level. So what I mean specifically here is what is the issue that you want to fix basically and what are the stories coming out of that that you could bring to the board. So you might have a particular problem with one of your services and there's a really bad client outcome or client experience or just it just might not be where you want it to be and there's some stories that your people on the front line are hearing and they're sort of filtering around the organization. Giving your board a glimpse of that reality is probably one of the most powerful ways to get your board on board with putting some focus on that, especially if it's, you know, if you've got some some stories that are coming out where it's really not a great experience or it could be done better, either getting them to see it with their own eyes. We've seen some really great successes with that in the past. So board members have gone and actually spent a day in the life of or spent some time in the life of with some of your frontline staff to see some of these things. If that can't be done and that's not practical, which is you know often the case, then what you could also do is, just, like I said, somehow capture those stories and making them as human as you possibly can so that you can sort of present this, whether it's through video or photos or even just a story that's told verbally, help people to be able to sort of feel and understand what's happening. I think that's always the best place to start. And then hopefully you can then sort of gather some support and people go, you know what, I, I don't want that to be happening. I don't want to be 
a board member of an organization where that outcome's kind of happening at the moment, what can we do around that? And hopefully that'll then give you a bit of a platform to start going, well, this is what I think we need to do to be able to move forward and, and fix that. And the idea is, yeah, take take the board to the place that that's experienced, whether that's, you know, virtually or, or you know, following somebody's, you know, actual literal footsteps. But if that you know, can't happen, then yes, bring those client stories into those conversations. And, you know, you sort of came up with a really great way of framing that up. And I think that there's some real value in making that a regular part of that board interaction. So, you know, once a year or something like that, or, you know, you spend some time at every single board meeting, just sharing some client stories, because it's so powerful when they actually get to see that kind of tangible difference that you can make. And also, you know, where the system as a whole is is not performing optimally, it really does allow for them to be connected to the work that they're doing and connected to what the organisation is out to achieve and, and really helps the board to be able to be the contribution. You know, I mean, people don't often, you know, join a, a board because they want to be in the way. They actually join a board because they want to be part of the impact and, and they're on board with the mission. And, you know, usually they've got a high emotional investment in the work that that organisation's doing. It's just that they're they're also trying to protect and they're also, you know, taking their role as a board member very seriously. So being able to connect them, you know, through those stories in that way can be so powerful. Yeah. And just to add something on to what you said before, just around, you know, these people join a board to have an impact, make sure you're also sharing those good stories around what is happening that the organization is delivering and delivering well, because you get that balance right, it becomes a really constructive conversation. I have seen in the past where people are just bringing those bad stories in, you can sort of create a little bit of a non-constructive situation sometimes if it is very just always negative. So I, I would definitely encourage keep those stories nice and balanced because, you know, if you're bringing in those really great stories where it's like, hey, this is all the work that we've been doing at this level and this is what we're delivering with it. And then also saying, hey, but here's the next one that we really need to focus on as a group. Then I think you then got that really nice balance and people can sort of feel that that's really constructive. So anything else on this topic or if we uh, sort of covered that one? I think you were right. I think this is a pretty chilled rant. I'm impressed. I thought like some of the conversations we were having about, you know, I'm too busy to innovate and we've got too many problems or it's all too hard would get you fired up. But clearly that break has has had a good reset. Yeah, I'm uh, very mellow at the moment. So didn't get too fired up. But hey, good analogies, Tracy. I think you delivered some absolute zingers in there. So I enjoyed that. Thanks again to everybody for listening and just wanted to just really say we appreciate all of our listeners wherever they're located in the world and really thanks for helping us get to this 1,000 downloads. It's been uh, something that when we started it, we didn't know how quickly that would come around. It's definitely become a lot quicker than we thought. So thanks for listening. Hope you keep listening in and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Great, thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.